Hey, welcome in. Good afternoon to everybody joining us live out there. If you're watching this on a replay later on, good afternoon to you too, just not quite yet. I am Gabe DeArmond, publisher of PowerMizzou.com. It is game week. It is nearly game day. We are 28 and a half hours away from kickoff of Mizzou and Louisiana Tech. This is PowerMizzou.com's weekly live show on Wednesday. We're going to talk Mizzou, Louisiana Tech. We're going to bring in Gerard Hamilton uh, here with Power Mizzou and Ben Carlisle from BleedTechBlue.com here in a few moments. But before we do that, we're going to talk a little bit about James Carlton State Farm. James is your State Farm agent located in Webster in St. Louis, Missouri. But you don't have to be located in Webster or in St. Louis for James to take care of you. Anywhere in Missouri or Illinois, James Carlton State Farm is your go-to for all of your insurance needs. And look, here's what I like about James. He says right up front that his team, not the greatest salespeople the world has ever seen. That's not their thing. They're all about your experience, customer service. They're going to do the best they can to take care of you. Most uh, most insurance places are going to have four or five salespeople. James only has a couple because he doesn't think he needs them. He's going to get you in the door and keep you with his customer service. And he's also going to do a favor for Mizzou fans. If you call him, or email him, go on his website, whatever. All his contact information is scrolling across the bottom of the screen throughout this show. But if you get in touch with him, tell him you heard about his office on our show. He is going to make a $20 donation after he gives you a quote to Advancing Missouri Athletes, the Mizzou NIL Collective. So get in touch with James. Again, his information will be scrolling across the bottom of the screen throughout the show. And uh, you can reach out to him in any of those manners possible. So we are going to talk a little bit uh, Mizzou and Louisiana Tech this week. We're going to bring in Gerard Hamilton, see through the magic of technology. He just popped up on your screen. And check this out, guys. Like, I'm learning all sorts of things this year. There's Ben Carlisle. He's from Bleed Tech Blue. He is also now on your screen. So uh, Gerard and I have been paying attention to Missouri the last few weeks. Ben down in Louisiana following La Tech throughout fall camp. Ben, how you doing, man? Oh, doing pretty good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, appreciate you joining us. We could just do this the easy way. I was on your radio show last night, so if you just want to do everything we talked about in reverse last night, just do that. Gerard and I will take about 15 minutes off. But uh, but <laughs> it, it, so the question that I think going into week one is pertinent for anybody who covers any program, but especially Louisiana Tech got a new coach. I mean, what do you know about Louisiana Tech, Sonny Cumbie, what he wants to do, or is this kind of – hey, they'll take the field at 7 o'clock tomorrow night, and you're going to be learning along with the rest of us. Yeah, I think a lot of it is just that, as far as we'll kind of be figuring out as we go. Obviously, we've got the opportunity uh, to see them a lot throughout fall camp. And, you know, when Sonny Cumbie was hired as the head coach at Louisiana Tech, everybody has the idea of an air raid, air raid, throw it 55, 60 times a game. Um, I don't think we'll see that style of play. I just don't know. Uh, that Louisiana Tech's personnel necessarily sets up uh, for that to be one of their strengths. But um, it, like you said, there, there's so many unknowns from Louisiana Tech's perspective, uh, not only with head coach Sonny Cumbie, defensive coordinator Scott Power uh, coming over from Stephen F. Austin, and then really similar to Missouri, uh, you got about 35, 40 guys that will be playing their first game uh, in a Louisiana Tech uniform. And that could be the case. Uh, really in this era of college football, really around the country year in and year out. But 
coming off a three and nine year, I, I know you guys have obviously we've talked about it over the last couple of weeks. They, they got a lot of questions to be answered, uh, and we'll we'll start to learn some of those answers uh, come tomorrow night. All right. Uh, yeah. Question I, I had for you is we've, like you said, mentioned the air raid offense, but I haven't really heard anything too much about LaTeX's defense. Can you like personnel wise? Do you, do you have an idea of what we can see as far as how many linebackers, defensive line, and secondary players on the field? Yeah, I think it'll be really similar, you know, to what you see from Blake Baker on Missouri's side. I mean, it's a four-two-five base defense. Uh, weren't very good a year ago, but uh, I don't know if it's all that surprising. Uh, when you go three and nine, allowed nearly 35 points a game. Uh, they have some older guys back. Keevy Rose is an experienced defensive tackle. Deshaun Hall, uh, kid at defensive end, has been in the program a while. Tyler Grubbs, uh, B.J. Williamson, and Jaden Cole at the safety spot. So they got some experience back. Uh, but they, they, like Missouri, added a bunch of dudes from the transfer portal. Uh, Miles Brooks, Willie Roberts are two corners uh, that came over. Uh, along with cornerback coach Marcus Walker from SFA uh, with Scott Power. And they've really just kind of tried to piece this thing together uh, throughout the spring into the summer as well. And I think they've built up the depth. Uh, but I, th- I found it interesting, uh, I believe it was Tuesday, so yesterday, so Coach Sonny Cumbie said they didn't necessarily get all that they wanted to installed on that side of the ball uh, throughout fall camp. So, um, I think the unit will be better. I think they'll attack. I think they're going to really uh, try to hang their hat on lost yardage plays, forcing turnovers. Uh, but, I'm, you know, we're just not real sure what the unit will look like right away uh, come tomorrow night. Talking with Ben Carlisle from BleedTechBlue.com, covers Louisiana Tech. And, Ben, we talked on, on your show last night. Look, I'm surprised Missouri is a 19-point favorite, honestly. The number seemed a little high to me, but – this is a game that Missouri fans go into and and think, you know, they should win. And a lot of them think they should win fairly handily. But one year ago, I, I remember opening weekend just kind of checking scores and going, oh, hang on, LaTeX up 20 on Mississippi State in the fourth quarter. I think I better turn that game on. And then I turned that game on, and it was kind of like when a guy's throwing a no-hitter and I turn it on and he gives up a double and a single and a three-run homer to the next three batters. But, um, it, you know, didn't hang on. But my point is, I don't see this as being a program that's going to come into Missouri and, and have any sense of, oh, no, the, the lights are too bright and we're playing on the road. I mean, this is, this is a program and a team that's done this a lot. I, I don't sense any, like, intimidation factor or anything by any means from LaTeX. La no, I don't think so. And you mentioned that, you know, you're up 20 in the fourth quarter against Mississippi State. You lose on the last play of the game at NC State as well. Um, it's a program, you know, they've had a lot of success over the years, went to seven straight bowl games uh, from 2014 to 2020. And, and like you said, I don't think the environment will too, be too big. I think the big question mark for me, um, like, like any team coming off a three and nine year, is how do you respond uh, when you face some adversity in a first quarter uh, in an SEC environment? Do you revert back to, you know, some of the mistakes that you made a season ago or, or have you really – um, kind of turned the page and bought into, you know, what Sonny Cumbie and his staff has, has really been uh, trying to get you to buy into over the last nine months or so. So, um, you know, you mentioned the line, 19 points. It, I mean, you can look at it a number of different ways. I think for Louisiana Tech, until uh, that Matthew Downing proves that he's the guy at the quarterback position, 
I, I think these games, especially for Tech early on, they, they can go a bunch of different ways because you guys know it. I mean, it's so hard to win in this era of college football with a game manager and quarterback. You've got to have a guy uh, that can really go out there and distribute the football to his playmakers. And, and so until Matthew Downing answers that question, uh, having not played throughout his career, uh, I think you could understand how Louisiana Tech's a sizable underdog. That kind of goes into what I was going to ask you next about Matthew Downey. I mean, he has a, a relationship with Sonny Cumbie from from TCU. But, you know, what can we expect from him uh, as far as, you know, what he's going to be doing on offense? Is is it that game manager type role, though? Should we expect that from week one? Yeah, I think that, you know, in, in Sonny Cumbie's mind, obviously you don't want to have a, a game manager at the quarterback position. I, I think early in the game, Louisiana Tech's going to try to get him some throws that allow him to get into a little bit of a rhythm and, he, he talked yesterday when he met with the media about how uh, he had played a road game at Missouri, albeit as a backup at Georgia, uh, to Jake Fromm and Justin Fields and how, you know, he doesn't necessarily think the environment's that big of a deal. But you guys know, I mean, when the lights come on, uh, you're making your second career start. There, there's going to be uh, some butterflies leading up to the opening kickoff. And so uh, I think he's a guy that he had some accuracy issues, uh, you know, early on to the middle part of camp. I thought the last – probably nine, 10 days that can't be kind of settled in, uh, especially since he was named the starter. But the, the big thing for him is you have to avoid the turnovers early in the game and, and you have to be able to get it to your playmakers, Trey Harris and Smoke Harris at, at receiver and allow them to do what they do. And, you know, an X factor coming in is his ability to use his legs. He's pretty mobile. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me early on if Cumby gave him a quarterback run play just to kind of get him hit a little bit. Uh, and see if he settles in. But, uh, you know, he's been in college for four years now, and this is only his second career start uh, with that first one coming back in 2020. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how he comes out uh, tomorrow night. Well, Missouri fans have some PTSD from last year. If he does have a quarterback run, they just hope he gets hit at some point because it didn't often happen <laughs> last year when teams ran the ball. Uh, look, I, I think the biggest difference usually when you're looking at, like, these group of five power five games is – is almost always on the line of scrimmage. Um, so what's LaTeX, you know, offensive and defensive line? I mean, is this a program that you think on the line of scrimmage is, is ready to maybe take a step? Or is this, hey, Sonny Cumbie's going to need a year or two, and, and that's an area where they might be at a at kind of a deficit? Yeah, I think that's probably where they're at a deficit. The, the offensive line struggled for going on or two years now, last couple of years. Uh, I've had some real issues at the tackle spots and, you know, you look at what Missouri can do from a pass rushing perspective. Uh, that has to concern you. Dakota White uh, is a third-year guy out of the Houston area that, that's played throughout his first two years, uh, but he'll be making his first career start at left tackle, moving over from right tackle. Uh, and then at the right tackle spot, Carson Bruno is a redshirt freshman making his first career start. So um, you, you can understand how, how you'd be a little concerned at the tackle spots. They're pretty experienced uh, inside with Josh Mode, Abe Delphin, and then Isaac Ellis is a transfer guard coming in from Memphis. So uh, beyond those five guys, it, it's a lot of inexperience on the offensive line. And really, that's the same side on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, they're, they're a lot better at the defensive end spots. I mentioned Deshaun Hall earlier, Kershawn Fisher, Michael Clark. Um, you know, they have a bunch of guys that have played a bunch of football. But at the tackle spots, uh, beyond Kiwi Rose, DJ Jackson, Rashid Lyles, they don't have a player that's taken a snap at the FBS level, uh, and that has to concern you. And that, that's been one of the big concerns throughout fall campus. 
you know, what happens if Missouri decides in the middle of the first quarter, uh, we're about to run the ball 45 times tonight. Uh, how, how long can they hold up on that defensive line? And they'll have to prove themselves, uh, like I said, with a lot of inexperienced guys. What does LaTeX need to do on either side of the ball? What do they need to do to get, just get, get a W come Thursday night? I, I think the big things we'll be watching early on is, you know, how, how quickly can Matthew Downing settle in? Like I said, I, I think there's going to be some nerves. Uh, I don't think it's any secret. Louisiana Tech's got some playmakers offensively. Uh, they can find a way to get them the ball. But um, you, you can't have early turnovers. You, you can't have, you know, false start penalties. You can't have lost yardage plays. Um, you know, we're, we're familiar with Blake Baker down here, and that's going to be his mindset coming in is, Obviously, it's a, a quarterback that doesn't have a whole lot of experience, and how can we get him uh, out of rhythm and off some of his spots and force some mistakes? And, and then, like I just said with the defensive line, uh, can, can you stop the run game and force Brady Cook to make some big throws on third down? Uh, because that's where Scott Power is going to try to take advantage of a younger quarterback, uh, do some different things up front on the D-line, and then kind of change up uh, some coverages on the back end. And you know, I think it's got a chance to be a four-quarter football game, but, um, you know, Louisiana Tech, like I said, I think the biggest thing, you can't turn the football over offensively. Uh, you could find yourself, you know, getting run out of the building in a hurry. All right, well, Ben, appreciate it, man. We're going to finish you up with just a couple of questions from from uh, people that are watching, Missouri fans, want to know a couple of things about La Tech, and want to invite you guys, if you are watching, toss your questions, comments up there. Gerard and I will get to them, but, but we want to make sure to uh, – to let Ben get about his day. Um, David Carnell wants to know a little bit more about Smoke Harris. I mean, he's not a big guy, um, but out of the slot, like he's the name that Missouri fans seem to know about this team. How good is he? Uh, he's really good. Uh, I would say he's uh, probably more ball carrier than he is, you know, a true slot receiver. He's a guy that uh, he's quick. He's twitchy uh, in, in, you know, in small areas. He's going to almost always make the first guy miss, but He's not going to turn a five-yard gain into a 75-yard touchdown. It's more of a five-yard gain into 15, 20 yards. Uh, really good punt returner. Uh, they're going to give him a shot to return kickoffs. He hasn't done that since his freshman year. But uh, really fun player. I I'm excited to see how they use him uh, in this new offensive system. I, I think they'll use some different ways uh, to get him the football, possibly lining him up in the backfield, speed sweeps, uh, just really trying to get him the football and allow him to make guys miss in space. The other question we had from somebody watching, and look, I'll admit this one's out of the blue. It surprised me. Uh, Patrick wanted to know about Trey Baldwin and if he's still at La Tech. I'm pretty sure he's not, but he started at Missouri yeah. and, and ended up having a pretty solid career down there, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He had a really good career at Louisiana Tech. I, I forgot he started at Missouri, but, yeah, he, yeah. he finished up this past year. I, I think he played a little bit uh, in the USFL this past spring, so – uh, I, I guess he's still making a run at it. But like you said, he had, he had a really good career at Louisiana Tech. Uh, I believe he's a two-year starter. All right. Well, Ben, appreciate your time, man. Thanks. Uh, I'm happy we made made it through this without you getting pulled over or, or, or rolling off the side of the road or anything. Hey, guys, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I was uh, not planning to be power washing a combine out here <laughs> on our farm today. So uh, I appreciate you all hanging with me and uh, getting this thing done today. All right. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it, man. All right. That is Ben Carlisle with uh, Bleed Tech Blue. Look, and hey, this is this is live uh, internet. It, it might be out on the farm, apparently. 
power washing a combine. Missouri fans would like him to maybe bring that up and uh, take care of the bleachers at Faro. That's a that's a common issue. But uh, um, so kind of got his take on on Louisiana Tech. I mean, I don't know, Gerard. I I look at this game and I I don't know that I think 19 points makes sense to me. But also, this is if Missouri wants to do anything like what they're talking about doing this season, this isn't a game you can lose. But definitely can't lose. Definitely can't lose. And what Ben just said, what you know, got me my ears popping was left tackle and right tackle have inexperience, and then you're bringing in a quarterback who doesn't have much experience. I looked up, you know, right before this, he he's played eight games. He's only started one previous one. So when you've got inexperience at left tackle, quarterback, and the other tackle, I mean, that's Blake Baker. He should be looking at you know, like his fingers, thinking this is going to be easy work in a way. And, and I think here's after listening to Ben, here's what you can find out about Missouri. Okay. Inexperienced left tackle, inexperienced right tackle. If Blake Baker has to get exotic and start bringing blitzes to get pressure, that's not a good sign. This is a game where if Missouri's defensive line is going to be what they seem to be selling it as, I want to see Isaiah McGuire and DJ Coleman and Trajan Jeffcoat in the backfield. Like, get pressure with four in this game, and I'll feel good. If you got to start bringing Hopper and Bailey and Martez on blitzes, that's not a good sign against an inexperienced offensive line from, from a G5 school. Yes, but in a way, you would think you would want to see them try that, especially with this new defense. Try to see what they do. I wouldn't say be going, you know, six-man blitzes, but see if you can get Martez or, or Chad Bailey to come in there and bring five. But they definitely should be getting pressure with four. And, and I know uh, Drinkos is talking about, you know, He'd use his whole playbook. You're right. They should not be exposing way too much if they don't have to if the game's in hand, but it wouldn't hurt to, you know, try a couple times. Yeah, we just I, I think we make defensive football so complex and it's not complex. If your four guys up front can beat their five guys up front, your defense is gonna be good. I mean, and in look, I don't think, you know, hey, K State, Auburn, some of these games, you're gonna have to get a little bit more creative. I just I, I would think it's a bad sign. If Jeff Coat and McGuire specifically cannot fairly regularly beat their guys in this game, um, you know, it, it, give me a, your full game preview is going to be up tomorrow. But uh, before we get to, to questions from everybody watching, give me kind of look. Everybody's watching Luther Burden, right? But but give me I don't care if it's a matchup, one specific Missouri player, just kind of something you're looking forward to seeing in this game. Um, something I'm looking for. Well. Now that he said that, it's definitely the defense are the, the Missouri defense ends versus their tackles. I mean, like you said, they have to get in that backfield and, and they've got to, to show, you know, like this is what they're supposed to do because they need to start ramping up for the Kansas States, the Auburns, you know, Florida's and all that stuff. So it's definitely it would be that. And as far as I know, you just briefly mentioned Luther Burden. In a way, you want to see him have a have a field day. And this, to me, is the perfect time. I would imagine Louisiana Tech's going to be punting a few times. Get him yeah. one of those. <laughs> yeah, and, of those. and I'll say this. Like, you know how in the Super Bowl you can place all these prop bets, like the coin toss, the first touchdown, all that? If I could find a way to put a wager on Missouri's first offensive play, I promise it's screen pass to Luther Burton. Like, they are getting the ball in his hands I've as been thinking that for weeks. For yeah, weeks, yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be that screen, a bubble screen, whatever you want to call it, to get it to him. Yeah. And it should be. It's just gonna be Brady Cook turn and fire the ball right to Luther on the line of scrimmage. Get his, get him a ball, get his feet wet. Um, but the matchup, I actually want to see. After listening to Ben, he he was saying Louisiana Tech's fear is that Missouri just lines up and runs the ball at him. Well, I want to know who the hell's gonna run the ball. 
I mean, because we don't know right now. You know, I think Nate Pete will get some. Cody Schrader will get some. I think Elijah Young will get some. But um, this is the running game is not the part of the game that we think is Missouri's bread and butter coming out of camp. So I'll be interested to see if they can just line up and, and kind of shove the ball at Louisiana Tech. And, and if they do, who they do it with. Uh, we're going to get to your guys' comments and questions here in just a minute, second half of the show. But before we do, do want to remind you again, James Carlton, State Farm. Everything, his contact information runs across the bottom of the screen throughout this show. So hopefully you can figure it out. You can read carltoninsurance.net. There's the phone number, 314-961-4800. There is the Facebook page, if that is still your thing, facebook.com slash slash Carlton Insurance. And James is, is a guy that can take care of all of your insurance needs. Whatever it is that you need, just give him a call. First of all, he is a Mizzou fan. He is a Mizzou supporter, and he is going to, for every quote he gives out that mentions this show, he is going to donate $20 to Mizzou's NIL collective that is advancing Missouri athletes. Uh, but also, like more important is he's going to do his best to save you money. Um, he's, he's got a great team of eight people. They've been there for a long time. And uh, they know what they're doing. I've talked to James. He's just a regular guy, man. He's not going to give you the hard sell. He's just going to do the best he can do by you for your insurance needs. So we always ask you with our sponsors, look, maybe it's best for you. Maybe it's not. But Missouri fans, supporters of Power Mizzou, all that, why wouldn't you give them the first shot? So make sure to do that. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton State Farm. And once again, the uh, the contact information scrolling across the bottom of the screen there. So let's jump to you guys and, and see what you guys have to say about this. If you've got questions, if you've got comments, please put them up. And we're going to start with Cam. Uh, excluding quarterback, what position group having a big day production-wise would be the biggest reason for optimism going forward for Missouri? We talked about that a little bit, but but what do you think, Gerard? What's what's the thing that you come out of this game saying, okay, maybe I feel a little different about the season? Feeling different about the season? Well, then I was going to say defensive line, but this should not – in a way, this shouldn't be a gauge for you this game particularly, especially what he said as far as the inexperience on offensive line where you say – all oh, the the Tigers had six sacks versus La Tech. Like, I wouldn't use it like that, but it should be comforting knowing they can do it. Um, to be honest, I would think it'd be the secondary, and the reason for that is if it is an air raid offense like we believe it to be, they want to get you know that yard after catch. They want to catch and stride the crossing routes, streaks. They, they want to do that. So if that's happening too much, you know it can be a bit of a problem. Yeah, I, w- I was actually going to go the same same route secondary because like they have guys there and. We think it can be a strength of this team, but, you know, there's a lot of new faces. And, again, when you're dealing with a a guy that's starting his second career game and Louisiana Tech, some of their strengths are their wide receivers, I want to see Missouri's guys be able to go out and stick with these guys. Because guess what? If you can't stick a lot of Tech's receivers, Florida's going to give you problems. South Carolina is going to give you problems. Tennessee is going to give you problems. So I agree. The defensive backfield is is, is something that we're watching. Uh, Kyle wants to know offensive and defensive MVP for the Tigers tomorrow. I mean, this is always kind of a crapshoot. I I think I answered this in my uh, in my mailbag today. I said Dominic Lovett on offense and Chad Bailey on defense. Like I think for Missouri, the defensive MVP needs to be somebody in the front seven. Uh, you know, I, I want to see that they're better in that area. Front six, maybe. I don't know how it goes. Yeah, it's going to be somebody in the, along that defensive line, and they're so deep. It, it could be it, it could be a number of people, and you got to think 
Sonny Cumbie and, and Scott Power in that defense, they probably would be or that offense, they're probably thinking like, okay, we've got to watch Isaiah McGuire and, and Trajan Jeffco. So they may not get the shot. Maybe they may draw some double teams or something, and that leaves a way for somebody else to, you know, make a few plays. But I would think it's definitely that somebody in that front four that makes the plays and then offensively. Um I feel like I'm going to say the wide receiving corps in general. I think they're going to be able to spread the ball around. They're going to have time to throw and make those type of decisions and let Brady Cook get going. So I really like this question, maybe not for the reason that the guy that asked it thinks, but St. Louis Cards fan for life says, how long of a leash does Drink have on Brady Cook if things don't go as planned? Look, if Brady Cook gets pulled from this game, this season a damn disaster. I'm just going to say that. Like – I, I mean, you don't give the guy the starting quarterback job and yank him in his first career start. This is his game. If he's healthy, it's his game. Now, it, no matter what, he wins or loses this game. No other quarterback plays unless you're up by five touchdowns or, or down by four. Uh, I think that would be a, an awful message to send to this team for Brady Cook to have the, the quick hook. It'd be, in a way, crippling. And yeah. on top of that, he's he he was just named the team captain. So I would think his confidence is at an all-time high. You, if if even if he throws a couple interceptions or whatever, and the game is closer than you expect, you know you cannot. You definitely can't lose, but you cannot pull him for unless he's you know not healthy or something like that. And and a big thing we've noted is like him being named the team captain. Like the team really like they rock with him. They like him. So if you do that, that doesn't send a great message going forward if you can do that to a team captain that fast. And you just had a month to figure out who your best quarterback was, and it only took you a week to decide this is the guy. There is no way in the first 60 minutes of football you should see anything that changes your mind. Oh, yeah. Um, they, they thought there was a there would there be a panic before. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. They, they just hit the transfer portal for – like maybe maybe somebody will hit the transfer portal after week one and get him eligible for week two. Uh, but kind of along the same lines, Jim says, do you pull Cook if the game is in hand and give Abraham, Macon, or Horn some experience, or do you leave Cook in and get him some – and this is actually an interesting question, right? Because Brady Cook's your guy. He's going to be your guy. So you want him to take – I think he needs every rep he can get. But at the same time, if you're lucky enough to be up, 42-14 enter in the fourth quarter. I would like to see if I have another guy that's capable because that guy's always a play away. Um, I, I'm always a believer. If you're up four touchdowns in the fourth quarter, give the backup a shot. Oh, I, the whole time you were talking, I was leaning back and forth as to why. I, <laughs> I agree with both points. Um, I think Brady Cook, this being his second start, he's just as inexperienced as, you know, yeah. Most of the other talent on the roster, I mean, Jack Abraham's had a, a long career, but he hasn't played in a while either. So I think early on in the season, week one, let Brady Cook, unless it's a, a big blowout, but I mean, like, they've got to be up 35-plus to me. Even if they're up, you know, 24, 25 points, let them finish it out as long as you know he's healthy because he's got to know how to finish the games and what needs to happen, even if you're up big or if you're down big. So I think early on in the season, yes, you start getting into week five, six, and seven or whatever, and you got the same situation. You, I think you could throw in the backup quarterbacks. Okay. that That's fair. I'm just, I, I, you never get your starting quarterback hurt in a game that's already over. That you know, a, so I wouldn't be mad either way. If, if I was a yeah. fan, I, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's something to think about. Uh, 
Stewart says, forgot about LaTex O-line inexperience. What are Missouri's O-line concerns? And look, this is what I don't think we're talking about enough. Zeke Powell played a lot in 2020. He played 31 snaps last year, and he's your starting right tackle. That's a concern to me. Connor Tolleson is basically seeing the first action of his career, and he's the guy in charge of all the blocking schemes, picking out the blitzers and all that. I I don't know what to make of Missouri's offensive line. I don't know if we'll find out tomorrow night, but um, if we do find out tomorrow night, it's probably not great. Yeah, similar uh, to what I was saying earlier, if like Missouri gets five or six sacks, don't use it this game as a gauge, I think, as far as, you know, where the line is, unless it's a bad game for the line. Like, my big thing I'm thinking is Connor Tolson, he's actually one of my players to watch. For one, Drink has noted that he's one of the smaller linemen on, on the field, and him being a redshirt freshman, he's going to be having to make, you know, some of these calls and ID in the mic and all that other type of stuff. He's got to, you know, know that stuff. Now, he has the benefit of having um, – Connor Wood and Xavier Delgado got some experience next to him. So that benefits him. But right tackle having Zeke Powell, you know, it, it just depends. I don't know if this is the game we're going to see whether that's like an okay thing to do or if it's bad or not. But if it is bad, then it's, it's, then it's terrible. Basically. If, it, if it is bad, it ain't great news for next week because there's some dude on Kansas State oh. whose name I can't pronounce who will expose you. Remember, guys, that guy had six sacks in one game last year. Yeah. So, they'll. I'd say this: if I see Powell, this has to be your your best game. Every game should be your best game, but definitely this one because you you've got to know K State and the other SEC teams are looking and knowing that you are you're not you're you're the different one of the five in a way. So we got got a couple more to finish up here. Uh, snap counts tomorrow for Young and Schrader and does Pete play? And look, obviously we can't give you a number, but if I just tell you, give me the running back that has the most snaps in tomorrow night's game, who do you think it is? I'm going to go Cody Schrader. And that's because Drink said that we should be seeing a lot of him. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, and if he's, had, if he's been the most consistent in camp and he can show – I think whoever is the best pass blocker, by the way, will also get a lot of extra looks that maybe they they have. And it's definitely different in the game versus in practice. I'm going to go Elijah Young on nothing more but a gut feeling. I I just think you don't overextend Nate Pete if he's not 100%. And Drinkwitz basically said, like, we think he can play. We don't know how much. So I don't think you overextend him. Elijah Young has been here and done this. Um, and, you know, not – extensively but he has done it enough i i think schrader gets plenty of plenty of run tomorrow night i think they all three play i think it's possible you see a fourth and maybe even a fifth guy out there running back uh but but i'll go elijah young in in terms of just sheer snap counts and now this one we're gonna we're gonna give gerard a little bit of his baptism to our live show so we got a guy uh we got our guy justin ferguson who would would be on our shows the last couple years on game day and basically Every time Missouri scored, he did a Jaeger bomb. So, like, there were a couple games where Missouri scored 50 last year where Justin would call into our postgame shows. And, I mean, he was more coherent than I would have been, but he just wants to know how many Jaeger bombs he's going to be drinking on Thursday night. So, each drink is uh, is for a Each touchdown. one is, is for a score, not a point. But, like, every time they score. Okay, every time they score, it doesn't got to be a touchdown. Yeah. Right, no. Okay, well... I, I don't know if those are his rules. These are the rules I'm putting on him. So. 
Well, I guess this kind of translates me going into the prediction a little bit. I think right. they're going to have – I think it's going to be 31-17 Missouri. I don't think they cover the spread, but I think it's a comfortable 14 points, not so much where you're like, oh, we barely got it. But whatever 31 points is, I don't know. Like, so per Four score, touchdowns and a field goal. Uh, so I guess that's five. That's, that's five. Good. All right. I, I give Missouri an extra uh, an extra score. I picked uh, I think thirty four twenty one. So so I've got Justin doing six Jaeger bombs tomorrow. Uh, you know, God bless you, man. Um, on a Thursday but, night too. You're, you're you're the real one. You're a real right, one. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, so hey, just just kind of want to finish up by by letting you guys kind of know what our plan is for game day. So we'll be over obviously at at the stadium. Um, you know, well before kickoff. Uh, Gerard will be keeping you guys up to date uh, on the forums, kind of do just a quarter-by-quarter recap as we go along. After the game, we are going to be on here. We're not doing the post-game call-in show, but what we are going to do is take the equipment to the stadium every week, and we're going to do a quick 20-, 30-minute show when interviews are over. So if the game ends at 10.30, you know, give us whatever that might be, 45 minutes to to go do it. Um, We'll come back. We'll do a quick podcast after the game. We'll be writing from the press box. Until we're done, but uh, man, we made it through the off season, and uh, I don't know, it's game day, Gerard. Looking forward to it, man. Same, same. I'm ready to be in the AC uh, of the media room and watch an SEC football game and see what goes on. There you go. So appreciate you guys joining us. And one more time, do want to remind you on the way out the door, these shows and and all of our coverage this year is augmented certainly by James Carlton State Farm helping us out. And anywhere in Missouri, anywhere in Illinois, whatever kind of insurance needs you have, even if you don't think you need to look around, hey, look around. You never know. James might be able to save you some money. CarltonInsurance.net, Facebook.com slash Carlton Insurance. If you mention Power Mizzou, tell him you, you heard about him on our show. He's going to make a $20 donation to Advancing Missouri Athletes. Hopefully he's going to save you some money. Um, appreciate all you guys watching. If you did watch before you log off, hit the like button, subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're listening on the podcast, leave us some nice reviews and we will talk to you tomorrow night from Furrow Field. Thanks a lot.